I want to bring your attention right now into our text. And this is, this is going to be uh, my last sermon for this year. And um, on, on next week, Lord Zillow, we're going to have wit. So excited for that. My family and I won't be here physically, but you, you could bet your bottom dollar, your last dollar, your last cent. We will be viewing online, and, and I'll be there texting my amens and hallelujahs and praise gods uh, and, and preach it, Brother Witt, preach it. Uh, you know, but we, we're, we're excited to at least, you know, have, have Witt come again, and uh, it's, it's been a minute uh, since he's been at least in this platform. Of course, he's been teaching classes downstairs, but it's been a while since we have heard him at this platform uh, since he, he stepped away from, from the pulpit for a minute, but... Uh, I'm excited to hear him and to just worship with the brethren on next week. Uh, and I hope next week, Lord's willing, we could have a bumper crowd. Uh, you know, there, there won't be any seat in the inn, and so everybody is going to have, if you come late, you're going to have to stand up. I pray that blessing on this church uh, for next week, Lord's willing. But I want to bring your attention this morning into this text. It, it's a familiar text to many. And it's a text that, that I have wrestled with time and time again. I've, I've heard people preach from this text. I've, I've heard people teach from this text. But I want to share some thoughts that I believe the Holy Spirit have placed on my heart that uh, I'm hoping would be a blessing to each and every single person that's here. Uh, it's interesting whenever somebody preaches a message not everybody receives the message in the same way. You, you know, you always receive a message. It's always interpreted based on your current situation and circumstance. And so many individuals, as you sit here within the confines of this, this, this auditorium, you will receive this message based on what you and your experience and your family experience and your life experience has and currently is. And so I'm praying that whatever your situation or your circumstance, that this message, is, this message is able to bless you in a wonderful way. It came to pass, I'm reading verses 1 through verse number 5 one more time of Luke chapter 5. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out from them, and they were on the side washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed or begged him that petitioned him rather that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And when he had left or stopped or ceased from speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. Verse number five. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night long, and we have taken absolutely nothing. Nevertheless, 
And that's where I want to preach from this morning. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will. There is a lot going on in the scene, but there are some notable things I, I would like us to pay attention to. Luke notes that Jesus has begun his ministry as, and is intent on spreading the preaching of the kingdom beyond the mere city of Capernaum, which was just one of the many cities found in the area or region of Galilee. In quoting Jesus, he not only highlights Jesus' intent, but he also reveals Jesus' purpose as he records him as saying, according to chapter number 4 and verse number 43, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. So Luke sets the scene where Jesus is engaged in preaching, and the people are already beginning to flock to him as a result of his teaching. Notice in this scene, we have, number one, a crowd that is following to hear the word of God. That's important and that's valuable because there are times throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when you see a crowd following Jesus, they are not necessarily following Jesus because of the word of God, but more often than not, when we see the crowd gather, they're gathering because of what they've heard or they've seen Jesus done. And so oftentimes when the crowd gathers, the crowd is gathering to get something from Jesus. The, the lame are gathering so that they could be healed. The blind are gathering so that they could see. Oftentimes throughout the annals of the gospel, the pages and the events of the gospels, the crowds follow Jesus predominantly because they want something from him, not really to hear the word of God. So it's significant that as Luke begins to paint this image and as Luke begins to, 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 to orchestrate this scene, it's, it's significant that he would, he, would, he, would, he would elaborate on the fact that this crowd is here, number one, to listen or to hear the very word of God. Secondly, not only do we have a crowd that's, that's following Jesus to hear the word of God, but we also, within the confines of this scene in, in Luke chapter 5, we have two empty boats. But thirdly, within the confines of the scene that, that, that Luke is recording, we, we find these fishermen who are on the side and they are washing their nets. But notice very carefully the image that is before us. For what we have might be seen as normal to someone on the outside looking in, but there is more going on that actually meets the eye. Follow me on this and you'll see what I'm talking about. To someone that, that doesn't know what's going on, it might, it might look normal or be normal at, at the time of the day that the boats were actually there. To someone that doesn't know what's really going on, it might be normal for them to be back on the shore. 
to someone that doesn't know what's going on in the backdrop and in the background of things. It might have been normal for the fishermen to have actually been washing their nets. But the truth is, while they were performing everyday work and life duties, the truth is they had come up short the night before. So in other words, they were functioning in some type of normal capacity and the people who were on the outside couldn't tell that it was as a result they were working and they were functioning from a place of loss. They were working and they were functioning from a place where they had not taken anything the night before. Thus the stage is set for what happens next. For Jesus's intent and purpose is manifested in the lives of these very same fishermen. Yet not only will they experience this purpose, but they will come, become themselves participants in this purpose as well. So Jesus, he, he then enters into Simon's boat and he petitions that Simon would push him out a bit from the land so that he could speak, notice this, to the crowd. What happens next is, is absolutely worth our time, care, and attention because as Jesus ends his teaching to the crowd, he now turns his attention to Simon and said to Simon, launch out into the deep. This is verse number four of chapter five, by the way. Launch out into the, into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon therefore reveals something. I'm just doing my diligence in setting the stage before I move away from this stuff and I just start, got, you know, let the spirit do its thing. Simon reveals something that onlookers may not have had insight to know. Notice we have the crowd, but we also have the community of fishermen. <laughs> Those who were in the crowd, they wouldn't have had intimate knowledge of the active experience of the fishermen. <laughs> Luke wants to show the difference between being in a crowd and being in a true community. <laughs> Crowds were beginning to form around Jesus, but Jesus was not interested in forming crowds. Rather, Jesus was interested in building a community of believers. Stay with me, stay with me. A crowd, though many, and seemingly moving in the same direction or having some semblance of unity at its core is self-serving at best. As each member of the crowd or each family in the crowd that's represented is only there for their own personal interests. Jesus is not concerned about building a crowd. He is concerned about building a community. Jesus doesn't want a crowd. He wants a community. It's the community of the believers that will be used to influence 
the crowd, but when the, the flip side is true, that's when we have chaos, when the crowd begins to influence the community. And so Jesus, as he, he goes through this scenario, and as Luke paints this scene, it would be eventually the community of the believers that would become self-sacrificing and not self-serving. It's the community of the believers that would be used, these fishermen, is who would be used to influence, ultimately, the crowd themselves. Note the difference between the crowd and a community. In a community, there are shared experiences. In a community, there are shared victories. In a community, there, are, there is shared pain. In a community, there is shared trauma, but there is also shared drama. In a community, there, there are shared toils and there are shared tears. If you are a part of a group and you can't share your pain, you can't share your struggles for fear of being judged, I want you to know that whoever the individuals are that are quick to judge, they aren't necessarily a part of the community of the believers. They are actually part of a crowd. Because a community of believers have grown so close together that we don't have an issue or problem sharing our struggles. That's why you could be struggling with things like pornography and you could share that because here we have learned to share so that we could help not condemn. That's why you might, you might, be, uh, you might have a secret, uh, secret sin of some sort and you could share it with somebody and, and not be condemned for it because a community isn't there to condemn. A community is there to help you, to help you build. So rather than go through your, your thing by yourself, rather than stick by yourself in a corner and struggle on your own, that's what the crowd would do because the crowd doesn't care about the people that's next to them. A community cares. A community cares for those who are in front. A community cares for those who are behind. A community cares for those who are on the side. A community cares for those who you can see. And a community cares for those who you can't. So there is the old saying and the old adage, out of sight doesn't necessarily mean out of mind. That's a community mentality. So Jesus, as he is going through his ministry, it's his intent, his in not to build a crowd, but his interest is in community building. So watch this. Jesus tells Simon, go into the deep. And let down your net for a catch. And Simon reveals something that only individuals, we're, we're dealing with this scene, that only individuals who were a part of his community would have well known. That the reason, the real reason that the nets were empty wasn't because they had already sold the merchandise off and completed a good day's work. The real reason that the boats were empty and the nets were being washed was because they hadn't caught anything the night before. You see, when you're an outsider, when you're a bystander, you assume. 
When you see someone and you see a situation, you assume because you are an outsider to the situation. But when you are a partner with someone and you see something taking place, when you are in community and you see something taking place, you don't assume you know. Watch this. For all their labor, for all their efforts, for all their toiling, missing an entire night's rest, being out in the dark and in the danger of the depth of sea at night, being away from family, they worked all night long and caught nothing. Only individuals who were there to know what was taking place would have known the efforts and the toiling and the endeavor and the feeling of frustration of having put in all that hard work only to come up empty, not short. Short would have been to come up with something at least to feed their families, but only to come up empty. Church, you with me? But Jesus, Jesus tells him at that point, cast off into the deep and throw your nets for a catch. I need for you to understand this because in as much as they were out fishing all night long, there was a difference between, if, if, if you are familiar with fishing, you know there is a difference between casting a net and throwing a line. When you throw a line, if, it's, if you're having that type of night or that type of day when you're fishing, I've been fishing a few times and I love it. If you, if you cast a line and you're not really getting bites all that much, you could set your line. So you cast and depending on how your boat is modified, you, you, you cast your line out and you might have a, a, a nice tube of some sort that you could stick your pole in and you could just kick back. You, you, you open your Bud Light or whatever you want to drink and you... <laughs> You're sipping until you see that, that dip at the edge of the pole, right? It doesn't really cost you anything much other than when you get tired and you feel, well, okay, you know, this, 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 this bait has gone stale. You just reel it back in. You put fresh bait. Kick your feet up. Bud Light. Again. That, for some reason, that's the image I have, Bud Light, Bud Light, Bud Light. Don't, don't judge me, don't judge me. But it really doesn't take that much effort if you're doing that over and over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, in, in, in most cases, even if you don't catch anything, you would have had a good time out in the sun. <laughs> you would have been sunbathed and tummy filled, if not properly well intoxicated by the end of this trip. But casting a net all night long was different. Because now, every single time you throw that net out, you use good old man or woman power, and 
You have to cast it in such a way where you get everything in your upper body, your chest region, your, your core becomes engaged when you cast. This is a good, this is a good core workout, by the way, casting your net. Casting your net. If I were to ask some of you to get up and do this exercise with me after, after the, 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 the third one, we, we might start getting some cramps. Cast your nets, cast your nets. So it's a bit different when you're talking about casting a net. That's different if I'm doing that all night long. You guys with me? Time after time, they cast. And as they pull, nothing. I'm going to cast again. Cast. And as they pull, Nothing. All right, let me try this side because my, 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 my left side is starting to hurt me. They cast. And as they pull, nothing. By this time, I, my core is sore and my shoulders are beginning to burn. And so I have to, I have to adopt a different type of technique now. But I'm still, I'm still casting. But I'm, I'm pulling in nothing. All right, somebody else do it. Somebody else do it. John, just, why, why, why doesn't somebody else do it? And so, you know, I'm, I'm tired, but I'm taking some rest. But the casting never, it never stops. And they pull in nothing. So it's with this in mind, Jesus, Jesus says also, he says, listen, I want you to push out into the deep and cast your net for a draw. But this is the part that I want us to to see it's Simon's response. This is the difference ultimately between a person that's in a crowd and someone who's really in community. Because someone in the crowd by this point would have been fed up. Someone in the crowd by this point would have walked away. Someone in the crowd at this point would have said, ah, this this isn't for me. But but the whole whole issue here is that Luke, I believe, is trying to help understand and trying to help paint a picture of what it really takes to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You have to have a true fisherman's heart. And Peter would say, nevertheless, Lord, at your word, I will. At this point, if you didn't recognize, it's really not about fish. At this point, Jesus wasn't after fish. What he was after was faith. Simon was a true fisherman at heart, and it reflected in his response in saying, nevertheless, I will. Watch this. I'm almost done. You might say, that he had to humble himself because he was the experienced fisherman while Jesus was a known carpenter. And so to take instructions from Jesus to to go and cast one more time, you might conclude that he had to humble himself as a fisherman to be able to meet the request of Jesus the carpenter. You might even conclude that he had to swallow his pride and put aside his own negative experience of a failed night's work to now let down the net as advised by Jesus. But also, you might even say that he had some type of belief system in Jesus that was generated as a result of Jesus' teaching the crowd not just a few moments earlier. Whatever your conclusion or whatever your assumption, the truth is you might 
You might be right. But I want you to consider with me Simon's response as we get a glimpse into the true resolve of a real fisherman. Notice in his response, he said, we will out all night. Anyone that has been fishing before knows there is a sequence of events that go on repeat after an attempt and you come up empty. One more cast, one more try, one more push. There is a mentality in a fisherman that, that almost believes it's, it's, it's almost the same type of mentality of, of, of a gambler. Every time you pull that lever, you think to yourself, this could be the time. Every time you play that, those numbers, you, you think to yourself, this could be the moment. Just, just, just one more. All right, just, just one more. One more, just one more. That's the mentality of a, a, a true fisherman. You, there is a belief that with every single cast you make, there is the possibility of pulling in fish. For with a cast that's made, there is a possibility of fish, but the cast that is not made, there is a 100% chance that you will capture nothing. I don't know if you heard that or not. But the idea is, at the very least, I may come up empty, but once I throw my net, I might come up with something. And so I go one more time because there is a possibility of something. As opposed to withholding my net and I have the absolute possibility of pulling up absolutely nothing. So the true fisherman resolve says, listen, I've thrown my net 50 times already and it's 3 a.m. in the morning. And somebody says, if not in my own head, just one more time you'll get some fish. So in my tired state, I get up one more time and I throw my neck, but I pull it back and it's empty. But something says, if you throw it a little further, you might pull some fish up. And the fisherman resolve is untainted and it's, it, it, it's, it's not touched even when failure is had. All I need to do is keep casting my net. Let me show you this and we'll wrap this up. So as a result of his mentality, even in the face of failure the night before, when Jesus says to him, cast your net, he hears the voice, one more cast. His voice may have said, enough is enough. So the boats were empty, the fishermen were to the side, and they are washing their nets. The crowd mentality would have said, enough is enough, you could do it some other time. But the community of the believers, when the master speaks, 
you learn what it means to listen. It might not have made sense from a physical standpoint. It's daytime. These fish are hiding Jesus. I've done this long enough to know the real time and where we ought to go to catch substantial fish. But you're telling me in the daytime when these fish could see us, you're telling me push out into the deep a little bit. That just doesn't make sense. But the funny thing about following Jesus is sometimes it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to. But for the mere fact that he said do it, that's sense enough. What do you mean it makes sense to come every Sunday and simply worship? Can I stay home and worship? Well, you can. But there is something about a gathering of the community of the believers that you can get by yourself. What do you mean worship in pain? I'm supposed to be crying. Well, yeah, you can be crying. But you could cry and worship at the same time. And so it just might not make sense. What do you mean forgive this person when this person has done me wrong and they don't even look like if they're remorseful? Well, it doesn't make sense to you. It might make sense to you. But Jesus says forgiveness is key. So it might make sense in the physical realm. But it wasn't really about the fish. It was really about your faith. So the fisherman resolve came out and when Peter... Simon was resolved to allow a day to go and not to fish. Here comes the voice of Jesus. Say, cast your net one more time. And I need for you to appreciate this church. I'm done. I need for you to appreciate this church. I'm, I'm not talking about those scaly things right now. Jesus wasn't after those those scaly things that you have to put time, effort, and energy into scale, and then to cut up, and to clean, and then to season, and then to fry, fry. in that good butter, you fry it. You know, the issue isn't fish. The issue is people. The issue is souls. How many times have you casted your net trying to win a community and come up short? How many times have you cast your net trying to catch a neighbor and come up short? How many times have you cast your net trying to influence and catch a family but come up short? How many times have you cast your net and tried to get that stray but come up short and you might think to yourself, well, I've done it enough. But the fisherman mentality, the community mentality says, cast your net just one more time. That person that you didn't catch these past three years, now might be the time that you might catch them. That cousin that you've been talking to all your life, now might be the time that you reel them in. In other words, you never stop casting your net even when you have toiled all the night long. But we've done it enough. The only time it's enough is when Christ returns. Well, we've been at this for so many years. Well, keep doing it until the life is snuffed out of you. Well, we've done it, we've done it. It doesn't matter. You just keep casting your net. But Brother Morgan, my, my, my child is, is, is troubled and they're, they're on their own. That might be fine, but you don't stop praying for that child. Well, Brother Morgan, my brother, he's an alcoholic or he's strung out on drugs, you don't stop casting your net because that time that you stop would be the definite time that he doesn't come back. You guys hearing me? The mentality that says nevertheless is the mentality that says one more cast. 
The mentality that says, nevertheless, it looks past the failures of the years gone by and the week gone by, and it looks past the failures of, of effort and energy and time and experience. It looks past those realities to say just one more time because the Lord said so. We have become a people that are so accustomed to having a reason for everything when truly as a follower, it's not always about having a reason. It's simply because God said so. So watch this and we'll be done. Stand with me. I'm done. I'm done. Where's JP? I'm done. I'm done. So notice, 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 notice. I said before this wasn't about the fish, right? But it was about faith. When you take Jesus at his word and you see the benefit and the outcome and the prosperity after taking Jesus at his word, it becomes... There becomes a trend in your life. So in this instance, what do they do? They, they take, they come out the boat, they, 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 they get back in the boat, they push off into the deep, they cast the net, and what happens next? They, 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 they gather a bunch of fish, the likes of which they have never seen before. And in this scene, in this, in this scenario, Peter, Peter bows down, he goes, listen, you, you leave me for my man, I, I'm, I'm sinful, Lord. You think Jesus didn't know that all of us are laden with sin? You, 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 you really think that Jesus doesn't know your circumstance, he doesn't know your background, you think Jesus doesn't know what your struggle is, you think that Jesus, Jesus doesn't know that on a Sunday you come and you sing praises in the morning and in the evening time you're doing something that's on to us. You think Jesus doesn't know all of that? You think Jesus doesn't know that the night before Sunday, you know, you're doing whatever and then you come to... You think Jesus doesn't know that we are people that are laden and, and, and susceptible to sin? And so here comes Peter. He recognizes that he's in the presence of, of some form of deity. He recognizes Jesus for who he really is. And he decides to tell Jesus, Jesus, I'm not worthy to even be in your presence. Get, get away from me. But the whole purpose of why Jesus is here is so that he could bring people into community of the divine. I'm not here to be self-serving. I have come to sacrifice myself so that you could be a part of the community of saints. Watch this. So this would become a testimony going forward in the lives of Peter and the other disciples. Let me fast forward as we come to our close. Jesus dies, he is buried in a tomb, and then he raises again. And, and the scripture tells us at least that he had shown himself three times to the disciples. One time he showed them on the road of uh, uh, Emmaus. Then secondly, he shows up in, in, in a gathering where they're in a, in, in a room. In the first instance, uh, you know, Thomas wasn't there. And then it would tell us a little while after, because Thomas wasn't there, he would, she would pop up again in the midst of them while Thomas is there. And he would say to Thomas, Thomas, you know what? You know, touch my side, feel my hands. You guys remember that? But there was apparently a third time that he showed up. And if you're not too sophisticated, come with me to the book of John chapter 21. And in John chapter 21, let me leave this with you. In John chapter number 21, I'm just trying to help you to recognize that when you put Jesus at his word and you see his word come to pass and you see the benefits of that word, it only allows us to have a platform going forward for a moment of faith, further faith. Watch this. In, in John chapter 21, reading from verse number 1, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in, his, and in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas, 
called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. What's happening here? Jesus uh, has ascended. They really don't know what's going on. And so Simon Peter, who was a fisherman prior after leaving his boats to follow Jesus, he goes back to fishing. And those who were with him follow along. Jesus didn't call him to go back to the life that he called him from. Jesus called him to be a fisher of men from that point on into eternity. Watch this. So it says, Simon Peter said to them, I am going to fish. Verse number three. They said to him, we will go with you also. They went out and immediately got, got into a boat. And that night they caught nothing. Watch this. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? That's the equivalent of asking, have you caught anything? And they answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some fish. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of the fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's speaking or referencing John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it. In other words, he was kind of naked out there. He had removed it. He dove in and he swam to shore. When you put Jesus to the test and you see the results and the benefit of you putting Jesus to the test in faith, and you get that result the first time, it's easier even the second time when he says, do it again, for you to just do it. Have you here ever, have you ever put Jesus to the test and you see the positive results of it? Is it not easier after you've done it and seen the results of it, when Jesus says to do something, to just do something, the second time, and the third time, and the fourth time, who here has a true fisherman's heart? Who here has been casting net for years with family? Who here has been casting net for years with friends? Who here has been casting net for years in a community and sometimes, many times, come up short? But the true fisherman resolve says, just one more cast. Church, I want to encourage you. Never stop casting your net. Could you repeat that? Say never. Never, never, stop. never stop. Never stop casting. Never stop casting, never stop casting your net. Never stop so he says, nevertheless, at your word, nevertheless, at your word, nevertheless, at your word, I will. It was hard. I toiled. It was difficult. I pulled nothing, but nevertheless. God, it took so much effort. It took so much energy. It took so much out of me. I might be physically, mentally, and emotionally, emotionally tired, but never, nevertheless, nevertheless, I will. Family, if you have family and you're going through troubles, 
I want to invite you to come. And in your coming, what you're saying is nevertheless. At your word, God, I'll try again. If you have personal struggles, whatever those personal struggles are, you know sometimes we pray this prayer for God to forgive us from our sin, and then we find ourselves going back to, and doing the same sin. If, if, if you're having that type of struggle, I'm not asking you to, to, to lift your hands up and let me know exactly what's going on, but if you're the type of person and you're having those recurring struggles, I want you to be one of those individuals that make your way up and find your way to somebody here so that we could pray. Because in that moment, what you're saying is nevertheless, I know I have done wrong and I've repeatedly done wrong, but nevertheless, at your word, Father, I will. If you need strength, if you need prayers, and in your heart and in your mind something is saying you, do, you don't need to come up, I want you to take the initiative and find the strength to make that step and come up, come up and meet with somebody here because what you are saying in that moment is it doesn't matter, nevertheless, I will. Will you sing this song while we come up? Will you sing this song while we encourage you? Will you come up and say nevertheless as we 